Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by Kavit Hadia. And Kavit started off as a tablet player, which is a traditional Indian drum, and much like all of us here, he had to figure out how to market and sell himself as a musician to get more gigs. So Kavit learned everything he could about websites, hosting, sales copy, HTML, graphic design, and he began to build his music uh, rep, uh, rep reputation <laughs> and started selling CDs and getting himself more gigs. And in fact, he was doing it so well, other people started asking him questions. So in May 2005, he launched InsiderMusicBusiness.com, and then in less than eight months, he had created a passive income stream, selling eBooks and training material on how people could duplicate his success in their music business. So for himself and his family, finally he didn't have to spend hours providing coaching and swapping time for money and he could go back to focus on his music um, and, or growing other businesses. So he really had tasted the, the, the sweet fruit of passive income. <clears throat> so he went on and grew that info business to generate seven figures in profit and then he decided to jump into helping others attain a financial freedom as well. So now with more than 10,000 unique clients worldwide, he is the owner and founder of Insider Internet Success. And Insider Internet Success offers online marketing training or done-for-you services for savvy individuals and small businesses who want to profit from the Internet. Today I've asked him here to join us to share a story with us as well as some of the key concepts and principles which have helped him and his clients become a success. Kavit, thank you for joining us, my friend. How are you doing today? Oh, Daryl, what a fantastic introduction. I wasn't expecting that. I'm really good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, man. I always love talking to you and uh, I, was, I was looking forward to this. So, um, yeah. So let's kind of jump into this. I kind of gave a bit of the background, but I mean, how did you even know to try to generate business off the internet? Well, I actually had a friend uh, who was publishing books for the health market. And so he, he was somebody also who, he wasn't a musician, but he was somebody who I had met because we had the same kind of personal development interests. And I realized soon after that this guy was pretty much a health freak. He would, you know, drink all the super green stuff, uh, get really, really into the alkaline diet stuff. And here is somebody who was finding ways to be natural and healthy and uh, stay disease-free uh, for any of these common diseases uh, because of the way that he's, he controlled his diet mm. and how he helped others do the same. So he put all that information into eBooks and he was selling each eBook for at that time sixty-seven or eighty-seven dollars per book. And this is now ten years ago. So I'm I was shocked. I mean, mm. who would pay fifty pounds for me at that point or fifty-five pounds in the UK for a book right. that was and something that was to do with uh, health? First of all, which you could go to, you know, any bookstore or Amazon and pick up a book for ten bucks uh, on health. So I was really shocked, and I, I really uh, was was uh, inspired. I think is the right word that you could take any specialist knowledge and turn it into a piece of really good, useful content that somebody could take and learn and action and achieve a result. And that's what he was doing. He was focusing on selling results as opposed to actually selling 
the book, which is when I started to really think about my music career, because at the same time I was doing that one-to-one, no, I wouldn't call it coaching, because, but that's really the umbrella word, but I was just really telling people how to get gigs, exactly what I did. And uh, I was telling them how I sold my music. I was telling them how I got to play with some really, you know, really good musicians like Jimmy Page of Led, Zem- Led Zeppelin and so many other people. And I was, I was just telling them of what I was doing. And I realized that it was taking hours and hours away from what I was wanting to do, mm-hmm. which was to play music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got into, into the inspired uh, view of, you know, trying to do something online. Now, was it? Easy? Like, did you just jump into it and you were successful off the hop? I mean, was it was it that simple? Were you just turned on to something and then you tried it and oh my god, money started raining from the sky? Or um, like, was there a learning progress? Kind of yeah, what were your early it, stumbling? It, it definitely was not easy, and it definitely <laughs> took a lot longer than overnight or whatever overnight means. And I remember at that time this coaching thing was going really well, and. But I found myself telling every person that I met the exact same thing. It's not like there's, you know, multiple ways to get gigs. I found two or three methods that work really well, and I just wanted to share those three methods. So if I spoke to nine people in a day, I was sharing the same thing nine times, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that was just tedious, boring, uh, not fun at all. I was getting drained. I wasn't happy with that. And what I did was I thought, well, this guy's putting all this information into health books. I could do the same with that same topic about how to get more gigs or how to promote your music on the web or depending on whatever I was talking about into a book. Mm-hmm. So I got open, I opened Microsoft Word because that's all I basically knew and had on my uh, Dell laptop at the time. And I started writing. And the first book I wrote was called 49 Ways to Promote Your Music on the Internet. And essentially, all I did was write 49 different ways. I had 49 pages. I titled each page and then began the daunting task of actually writing each one one at a time. But I, I spread that out over a few days. I managed to do it. I, I, you know, I put a cover page. I put a contents. I put a page at the back. That's all I knew how to do at that time. And we're talking about nine years ago when there was no such thing as lead pages. There was no such thing as Infusionsoft. There was no such thing as WordPress, even, as far as I remember. I remember going to the library and borrowing tons of books, especially the Dummies Guide on how to write HTML and how to build your first website. Right. And that website was literally a white page with a piece of text that says 49 ways to promote your tips on the Internet, which was the name of the book, hyperlinked to the, to the Word file. <laughs> I didn't know how to convert to PDF. I didn't even know about collecting opt-in information. I just took that domain name at that time, went to the music forums and say, hey, you know, a lot of people have been asking, so I wrote all my ideas down and you can go get the book from here. And within a month, I had so many people going to the site that I thought, well, this is interesting. There's obviously people that want this information. What could I do to make it better? And the first thing that I thought about, which is one of the traps that I think most people fall into is instead of refining the system, they go and just create more and more products. Right. <laughs> I basically went out there, made a list of six more different music books that I could create, and I started to write each one of them. And within the next two months, I had like one called How to Triple Your Gigs in Less Than 30 Days. Another one was called Five Steps to Financial Independence as a Musician, yada, yada. And there were so many different books. And each one of them was there on the site. And soon later, I realized, well, of course, this guy, you know, that I was referencing uh, is actually selling his stuff. So surely I could sell my stuff, too. So I went to learn about PayPal. And I basically set up a PayPal button on my site that would sell the book and they would download it now. The only one that was free was the first one. and The rest of them I started to charge for. But then I realized that, well, so many people are coming to the site. Obviously, there's way more people getting the free one, not as many getting the paid ones. 
what about the people that are coming to the site and doing nothing? And that's when I learned about capturing email addresses. So this is now like six, seven months down the line from when I actually started. Right. I, I actually started to put in place um, a newsletter. I called it the Musicians Developer. Hello? Hey, there we go. All right. I think you're back. Whoa. It's okay. I think we just – internet went weak. So no, it's okay. Let's keep going. So you're sorry. You are saying that you, you noticed that people on the site weren't doing anything. You started capturing email addresses. Did I say that bit? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, so I'm going to continue, yeah? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay. You'll edit it properly? You'll be able to do that? Yep, yep, we'll edit this. Okay. So obviously, these people were coming to the site and they were doing nothing, and I had to find a way to capture their email addresses. And so I found this service called Constant Contact at that time. I don't know why I chose that one right now. If I look at it, it was probably the worst service out there. There are so many much more better services. But I, I set up a form that said, put in your name, put in your email address, because I'd seen somebody else do this. I don't remember and who. why is it important to capture someone's email address? Well, this is the thing, because I had so many people come from the music forums and my MySpace page that I was building up traffic from to my website to get this stuff for free. And it's great that I was giving away the book for free, and I didn't know anything about that initially, but I wanted people, obviously, to spend money on the other books. And if I didn't know who bought the books, how would I be able to market to them so, or who downloaded the books? So I put the form up because I really wanted to capture and understand who exactly was downloading my free book that I put up there. Mm. And that free ebook, uh, within 10 months, I'd built up a database of 10,000 musicians, uh, roughly there, thereabouts. And 10,000 people had given me their email address to say they've downloaded this free ebook. And I was able to then write to them in my weekly newsletter, which I'd started to do because, again, one of the things that I picked up was to write a weekly newsletter at the time. And uh, in each newsletter, I would mention a specific book, and that would generate some sales for me. Hmm. But after a year, I realized that, okay, it's great. I've got all this knowledge. I've packaged it. Now what? And I read this article. I don't remember where, where it was or who wrote it, but I read this article, which was all about how to turn $30 into a $30,000 uh, business. And the idea was to take all your knowledge that you had and that you had that you basically put into your ebook and repurpose it. So the first thing I did was to get into a video uh, a room, basically, and get somebody to film me. And I basically taught the gigs report as a video. Hmm. And in, with a whiteboard, and somebody would film me, and I would share it, and I basically created essentially a DVD. That video was a DVD, and then when I stripped the audio, it became an audio file. When I stripped that and transcribed that, it became a transcript, and I had this package that I was now selling for $99. So going from selling 20 bucks for each book all the way up to $100, and now I was getting more sales because people wanted to buy the bigger package because there was more value in there. Right. Now, two, that's a year and a half or two years from that business. I had you know, several CD programs, several DVD programs, all the eBooks, which were my core you know, building point, if you like, and then the coaching programs spun off there. I had a members club. I had a mastermind group. All these things I'd learned by watching what others were doing and seeing how I could bring another industry into my industry uh, to try and spun, you know, spin things around and see what, what would happen. Now, of course, there are many lessons looking back and lots and lots of lessons, but it didn't take, and this is the real kicker, it didn't take at least a year till I started making a good amount of money, hmm. which for me at that point was hitting $1,000 a month. Got it. 
Got it, got it. Good. So, I like that you mentioned that because I think a lot of people make it seem like it's so easy and it just happens overnight. And and I want to go over some of the key steps. So first of all, you kind of you were in business for yourself and you figured that business out. And then you started helping other people who were trying to figure out the same thing you'd figured out. So you kind of had a market. You were the market. You solved the problem. Other people were struggling from the problem and you started helping them for free originally. And then when enough people, you'd helped enough people that you really felt confident what you were doing, then you started trying to sell your stuff. And then along the way, you realized you could sell more stuff if you could capture the people's, the interested people's contact information to follow up with them, build a relationship. And like you said, I really like how you mentioned that in your newsletters, you would mention your book and that would actually generate sales. So you would have a newsletter where you're giving helpful advice and that, but you'd also mention that the ebook was there if they wanted more information and that would help you sell, correct? Right, exactly. Most All my sales came on that Monday because I would send it on a Monday right. and pretty much Monday, Tuesday was the days I would make my week's income. That's awesome. And then you knew you, so you had the ebook, but obviously, you know, there's only three ways to grow a business and that's get more customers, get your customers to buy more often from you, uh, or like more from you more often. Uh, well, I guess that's a third one and buy more when they buy. So we want to get new customers. We want them to buy more stuff and we want them to spend more money when they buy stuff from us. And so you found the way to do that was, you know, you said repurpose, but it was almost like diving deeper and expanding on your original topic. So you took an ebook and you turned that into a video course and an audio course put the three of them together and now it was more valuable because there was more to it right there was more media formats some people right like they could listen to their car they could write it was a it was an enhanced product is that correct it was certainly it was certainly deeper content because the the gigs the report the ebook itself was only nine pages it still is <laughs> and so the video itself however was 60 minutes and you can obviously cover nine pages in about 20 minutes so 60 minutes meant there was a 40 minute additional content Yep. load if you like yep. Yep. So, you know, and I, but what I was basically doing was getting a couple of musicians in and actually working through the process with them so they could see how they could find out you know, the specific locations and activities that they needed to do to get more gigs and it was fascinating because people were getting results live while I was, while I was demonstrating it and somebody was just behind the camera filming it so that was a really useful exercise because what I found from that was that uh, people consumed a lot of material in so many different ways and they, whether it was the audio, it was the video, or it was the transcript, but if you packaged everything together and really made it quite results-focused but bulky at that time, it sold a lot more. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, I love that. So, and then, so, what was, was there like a turning point? I mean, <clears throat> you, you know, you kind of, you grew it slowly and organically, but uh, suddenly you started making, you know, your $1,000, was it a month or a week? Well, the first, the first goal was $1,000 a month. That's when I realized that, okay, that's, that's pretty good. As a musician, I was not even doing anything close to that right, at that right. time. <laughs> you know, there were times when it was great. There were times when it was bad. It was never stable, whereas this became stable, yeah. and I was never having to do anything about it because I'd learned about email systems. All I had to do was write my newsletter every Monday and then think about how to innovate, make sure my MySpace page was going well for marketing, etc. I had to do a few things. But then when I started to introduce all these different products – I, and it was coming towards the end of the, the second year, and I had all these products launched out there, essentially. I started to realize that I couldn't launch everything in one go. I had to give specific time frames to releasing products. I didn't know that at that time. So instead of putting everything out in like two months, I spread everything out over a year. I started to bring a lot more people in. I started to do clever marketing things like tell a friend, refer a friend, recommendations, gifts, affiliate programs. I started to offer all of these different things and reward people for helping me to share the word, I started to 
Uh, and of course, I did a lot of advertising at that time. Google advertising was a lot more cheaper than it is right now. And it hugely just boomed the business. All of a sudden, from 10,000 email addresses, within three years, we went to 120,000. And that, because again, thank God I, rem- I learned that lesson about collecting email addresses, meant that I could start to build a regular rapport and relationship with them, which meant that the right follow-up would lead to the right sales and I would do the right upsells. I found soon after that uh, if anyone wanted to buy a DVD program, I would offer them all four DVD programs that I had for, a, for an upsell value. And I started to get huge upsell bonus points there because uh, essentially I reduced the price, but they would get the whole enchilada package that, that it was essentially. Right. And they already had their wallets out. They'd already bought one thing. And so you're yeah. saying, hey, if you like that one DVD, why don't you get all four and I'll give you a, a, a deal on them. I mean, that's just savvy, smart business, right? So – very, very, very cool. So what would you recommend to someone who's listening to this and they're struggling and they're just starting out and I don't know, they're just frustrated, you know, they're, they're not getting the results they want. Is there anything like, do you like, yeah, what would you recommend? Is there like a checklist? Is there like three areas you'd have them look at or, or anything like that? What sort of advice would you give them? They're not exactly sure about which ones would work or, or, you know, and they want to find the right direction. And the key is to Nail that idea, first of all. Find the most profitable idea that you have so that you can launch your business with clarity, confidence, and certainty. If you do not nail the idea, I found, and you go and start the business, I found that your clarity is a lot less, your confidence is a lot less, and therefore your certainty is a lot less. And the people that can generate that level of certainty and clarity and confidence, I'm repeating it again, because they're the ones who really can push their business ahead to the point where they no matter what, will make it work because they don't even have that mindset with doubt or fear. They know for sure that they've done their analysis and research to find their good ideas. So that would be the first step. A lot of people are stuck because either they're in business uh, already, but they're not sure if they've got the right product or service to sell because they don't know whether it's actually what people want. They've had this great idea, they've slept on it, and they wake up the next day or the day after and they feel like it's still, still such a great idea. That's not good enough marketing test for me. You've actually got to go out there and do surveys and research and interview to, to the people that you want to target to make sure that what you have or what you want to create or what you want to sell or the product, service, software, or widget that you have is something that they actually want. And if you can't do that, then you're going to put yourself into this little bubble where you're constantly going to be riddled with fear and doubt if you can't make it work. So then how do you, how do you test the idea? You said surveys and phone call interviews and phone interviews. Is that what you would do? Well, the first thing, the first thing is to definitely do some online analysis. So that could include researching your competitors and you can either, you could do that by two ways, really, as far as I'm concerned, you can ask them or you can spy on them. So by spying on them, you go to their website, you, you start purchasing their stuff, you go to their email list, you start following and seeing what they're saying, and you pay very close attention to the language they use, the, tr- the people they're trying to target, and then what they're giving off of their success, essentially. And it's not that difficult to do stuff like that. You can also find websites that show you traffic analysis of your competitor websites. So you can, you know, I think compete.com is a really good one, for example. And on compete.com, you can put in somebody else's URL and see what kind of results they're getting. Uh, the other thing to do is, of course, keyword research, which is more for getting a, getting a suggested list of keyword ideas so that you can see that if your idea is, is the, on the right tracks, but there are different terms that people are actually using out there in the real world. And then what really matters is the going out there and doing the testing. 
And the first step for me would be to set up a survey, three to five questions, use surveymonkey.com, keep your questions really open-ended, but get those surveys in front of people who are in forums, who are in groups, or on social media, but they're your target audience, and ask them and reward them for giving you some input. input. All you need is 50 to 100 good surveys to basically say, well, I'm going to sit down and review all of this, because in that survey is your clarity, your confidence, your certainty, your direction, and most importantly, the language patterns that these people are using so that you can go out there and relay back to them in the market when you're ready to sell. And then if you can take it even one more step further, which is something I like to do, I go to the surveys and I look at who I could contact to spend 5, 10, 15 minutes on phone or on Skype to basically interview them and just get a little bit more deeper into their head about their problem, their issue, their challenge, their struggle that you can help them with. Hmm. That's great. That's awesome info. That's very, very, very helpful. And that almost takes the guesswork out of it, right? I mean, obviously, you can't guarantee anything will be a success, but that sure as heck is a lot better than just waking up in the morning and being like, I want to bake pies for a living and deciding you're going to open up a bakery. Um, So I love that. Yeah, Exactly. So the next step, then, once you have a really good idea, is we basically figure out what is the best business model and approach for you to run this online. For example, is it continuity? Is it selling recurring stuff, basically? Or is it selling a one-off product with a big back-end? Or is it selling a gradual series of programs? Or could it be that you just launch this and then you, you sell a one-off product and then you get people into membership? Well, what is it? What is the best way for you to take what you have and share it with the world? That's the first thing. Essentially, uh, your Tara Gentile calls it your quiet power. And you've got this value that you've got, this strength that you've got that you can take out to the real world. And so long as you focus on that and forget the rest of the weaknesses, forget about the other threats that come in the way, focus on your strengths and your opportunities, and you'll be able to push that forward. Anyway, so what we do is we come up with the business model to say, well, here's what I've got and here's how I can set it. Here's what I'm going to price it for. Here's how I'm going to position it. And then you design what I call the user journey. And the user journey is essentially the process by which somebody goes from being a random person in the world to being a visitor. So that is the ad or the thing they see that that drives them initially to you. Getting onto your site and then having the option of, you know, completing a form to get more information, more value, more more materials, essentially, just like I gave away my music book. Uh, So then you capture them. And as soon as you capture them, you start a nurturing sequence. And the nurturing sequence is the critical component that is is where you have to do all your good follow-up, your video marketing, uh, sharing good content, your blog posts, your webinars, etc., to build a relationship before you actually um, get to the point where you're giving conversions. Got it. I like how you mentioned that, that you're building the relationship because that is so important, right? I mean, what is it they say? All things being equal, people prefer to do business with their friends. And all things being unequal, people still prefer to do business with their friends. So I think that that's a really key point that you mentioned there that a lot of people, again, that's the, you know, it's kind of old school to try and make the sale on the first call. And, you know, we can talk about certain scenarios where you may still want to try to make some sort of low dollar sale just for the sake of trying to recoup your costs or that sort of thing. But I think you're right that it really is over building the relationship with someone over time and getting to know them and then really trying to help people solve real problems. I like that you also said at the beginning that you were selling the your friend was selling results and that's why he was able to sell information for a higher price because he was able to sell the result that information would give and he could back it up with enough proof people could have confidence and certainty that 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 information would deliver that result for them correct 
Right, exactly. And I think that's the key with um, the whole process of marketing. So one, even, even you know, for me, what, what it is is about finding the idea of finding the business model. And then there's four stages. And those four stages are what I call lead flow. So lead generation, lead capture, lead nurturing, and lead conversion, which is what we talked about. But all of that only works if you're positioning yourself to be a results maker or a results creator or somebody that actually brings the weight, if you like, uh, to the person that wants it. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, whether it is you know, helping somebody with their weight loss, helping somebody with you know, getting over a disease, helping somebody make more money, or you know, being more healthier, or being you know, whatever it is. The point is that show so long, even if you're selling software, at the end of the day, Gmail, for example, helps you because it wants you to be more productive, wants you to, be, to spend less time in your inbox, but get a lot more done, et cetera, et cetera. And the whole purpose is they want you to have results. And they sell you on that. If you go to their webpage and you log out of your Gmail because then you only see their webpage, you'll see the, the, the way they position themselves. And it's fantastic because what it's really doing is saying that we can help you achieve these goals if you use our service. And that's really what the whole process is about. Yeah, results is the name of the game. And I think it just in life in general, results like fitness, anything, right? Fitness, you have kids, you want to raise your kids to be a success, you, you decide to embark on a career. I mean, results are the name of the game. So, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly on that. So did you have any, like, books or anything that you read on this path or anything that you would recommend to any of our listeners as a book that they, they should read that would help them um, either get out of their own way or figure this out and put it together? Yeah, um, some of my favorite. I, I love reading books, and I read books all the time. And uh, one of my favorites is, um, I think it's called "Get Everything You Want Out of Everything You Can" by Jay Abraham. I definitely uh, recommend that one. Mm. And uh, another one that I really like to do with to do with selling specifically is called um, "The Ultimate Sales Machine" by Chet Holmes. Oh, the Ultimate great. Sales Machine by Chet Holmes. It's a fantastic book, and it walks you through a really good process of how to build a conversion and nurturing machine that really uh, will take your prospects and really start selling to them. Yeah, those are both awesome, awesome, awesome books. First one was how to get everything you can, how to get all you can from everything you earn. How to get everything you can from all you've got by A.J. Abraham. Next was The Ultimate Selling Machine with Chet Holmes. We actually have an interview too with Mitch Russo, who was uh, president and CEO of a company with Tony Robbins and Chet Holmes as well. Phenomenal book. I'm really glad you brought that one up because that's like a classic that, you know, the people who have read it, they get it, they know it, but people that, you know, it's not really famous outside the people who, I don't know. I just I feel like it's only it's only popular with a certain group of people, but it's such a good book. So um, please, if you're listening, definitely go buy those. Um, thank you. So what else? Like, do you see a lot of your clients or people making kind of the same sort of mistakes when they're getting up and running, or when someone comes to you for help getting all this implemented? Uh, or do you find that they always get tripped up at a few key places? Or well, it, the, what's really fascinating for me is that. Um, I've seen so many people make these mistakes. The, the reason I offer the service, you know, I basically used to sell a lot of courses. People could, could buy specific courses on, you know, how to make a website or how to blog or how to use Facebook. And I realized that people would buy all of those courses, but they would do nothing with it. Only a very small fraction of percent, percentage of people will actually take the knowledge and actually execute and find massive results from it. The rest of them just do as we do with books, buy them and put them on the shelf. And... I realized that actually it was making great money for me as a business, but it wasn't fulfilling. You know, it's not nice to see that you're creating all this great value and sharing in the world, and yeah, you're getting money, but they're not doing anything with it. Right. 
So I realized that I needed to change the way I did what I did and what I wanted to do instead was, and I'm doing all of this because I had some great success with my music business. So for me, it was about being able to share the value that I've understood and learned about automation, marketing strategy, the lead flow, and for others who are running businesses to do things that they are passionate about. So I created this program called Automated Business System, as I mentioned, and the whole idea is that I would be the one-stop shop for everything to do with strategy, structure, implementation, marketing, launch, so that anybody who came through the process within a year would get up to $100,000 in their first year of business. For me, that really, really excited me. So once people started to take a note of that and started to get aboard that entire idea, the chances of failure became really, really slim. And we've had some fantastic, like really, really mind-blowingly fantastic success stories just because you then get somebody who's really committed to sit down and say, I'm going to work together with you for a year because I know that you can, much like you do, I'm going to get together uh, with you for a year to produce those fantastic results so that I can go ahead, feel confident and certain that I can continue this business on my own. Right, 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 right. So do people get tripped up at certain key spots when you're helping yeah. them implement? Yeah, exactly. And that's a, that's a fantastic question. And the biggest place initially is on the idea stage, as we've talked about already, uh, not knowing what to do, not knowing how to get started with that. That's the first thing. The second area that people get stuck is in how to create content. And there's so much out there when you think about the umbrella of content marketing. There's podcasts, there's videos, there's blog posts, there's emails, there's books, there's guides, there's PDFs, there's reports, there's so much stuff. And I haven't even touched on half of them yet. And the idea is that people get stuck on is not what to create, but what content specifically to package. And so if somebody's talking about weight loss, well, they can write about exercise, they can write about nutrition, they can write about diet, they, and, and everybody's able to come up with these chapters if they're guided. But then inside each chapter, there's another 10 to 15 different threads and strands. And picking those strands out and making that huge list of strands and then sitting down to write brings a huge amount of overwhelm to the whole process. And that's what stops them. And, of course, if they're not going through a full process like this in terms of what I'm talking about now, then the biggest challenge that most people have is overwhelm, where there's just so much to do, so many people to contact, so many people to manage in this process, and they, don't, they just don't know where to start and where to stop and where to continue. Mm, 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 mm. That's awesome. So what was some of the best advice you got when you were on your path, when you were starting to grow and build your own thing? Is there any... Yeah, what were some of the best key takeaway tips that you remember getting? Uh, the first thing was to unsubscribe from as many newsletters as I was subscribed <laughs> to. To stay only to subscribe to the ones that I religiously read. And if I didn't read them for after three, four weeks, I would just uh, get rid of them or unsubscribe from them. And maybe if I wanted to in the future, I'd go back to them. That basically created a huge amount of time uh, to be able to, to focus on what I wanted to focus on. That was the first thing. The second thing was that at that time in the music business when I couldn't make it work and I really wanted to make it work, uh, I was basically working 16 hours a day. I didn't want to do that. I, although I was compelled to, to find ways to make it work and I was excited about the potential of it, I shouldn't have done 16 hours a day. And my, my um, mentor at the time said to me that you really need to cut the amount of time you're doing. Go have a social life. Go, go and um, you know, do other things that you really want to do. Go play music. And the reason was... Um, there's this law, Parkinson's law, and Parkinson's law says that no matter how much time you give something, that time will be filled in order to complete it, something like that. Mm, work expands to fill the time given to it. Yeah, yeah, right. If you give yourself two hours to complete a project or you give yourself eight hours, 
you know, that's perfect. <laughs> Each one is correct. Right. So why don't why not choose two hours to get it done and then have the remainder six hours to do something that you actually really want to do or really have fun doing or so forth. So that was really important to me and that's become a huge part of, of the work that I do and how my life is structured. I generally only work now three to four hours a day um, aside from, you know, having this chat with you, which, of course, I like to do such things. So three to four hours a day and in that time I pretty much get everything else done. And that is because of that Parkinson's law, that lesson that I learned at that time. And then the third thing, and we're going to end there on that third point for my lessons because there are so many. But the third one is the 80-20 rule. And constantly I am always monitoring everything I'm doing to look at where what 20% is working so well that it's producing 80% of the, of the results. And soon enough, you know, I'll stop to do what's not working and move more to do what is. Because I remember this time in my life where... Um, I'd been backpacking to Africa for two months and I traveled uh, about eight countries in that two months, every single tent. It was the best backpacking trip I've probably ever done. And I've seen most of Africa thanks to that trip. And I came back and I realized at that point that I had no money. I needed to look at other things. I wanted to start investing. I wanted to do other projects, but I actually spent most of my money at that time. And I got back and my partner at the time said to me that, oh, you know, what are you doing right now that's producing the income that, you know, you can produce? And I was saying, well, I used to run those workshops and seminars and they used to produce really great money. And she said, well, what are you doing right now? I said, well, I'm working on growing, you know, this portion of the business right now. And she said, well, how much is that made? I go, none, nothing. And she goes, well, if you did one seminar, you know, a week, how much would that make? I'd say, well, it would probably make, you know, four or five thousand for me at that time. And I quickly realized, and she pointed to me at that point, that I was spending 80% or more of my time trying to make a project work that was never going to work or was producing little or no income, whereas I could just spend 20% and you know, produce a great piece of income. Mm. And that's, since, since, I've, since I've learned that lesson, it's been a religious practice, if you like, in my business on a weekly basis, and seriously on a weekly basis, to actually look at everything I'm doing and say, well, what can I do this week? Uh, that will really knock this out of the park. Mm, I like that. That's um, that's important. A, a weekly a weekly analysis of your performance. That's a huge thing because I know a lot of people that set goals, but then they never really review them. And if they do review them, they don't necessarily check where they are compared to their goal. Um, so I love that, like a weekly check-in to see, hey, what are my goals? What have I been doing? What can I double down on this week? Do you have any other habits that you feel have helped lead to your success? Well, the key is consistent action. And I've been an action taker, you know, as far as I can remember, because I don't wait to, to, to see whether it works or whether I feel good about it. If I get a really good idea and I'm, I'm, I'm good about it and I've done my research, I'll just act on it. Mm. Even if I need to wait for two months to put it in, in place, I'll just act on it. And that commitment, I think, has been one of the greatest things that I've learned also uh, in the process of doing what I'm doing. And I, I guess if I was to attribute that somewhere, it would be coming. It would come all the way back to my music life because you have to practice. If you don't practice in the music world, you're never going to get good, better, or even perfect. Right. And in my instrument, we were told to practice. You know, one basic little, just like you would strum a little bit on the guitar in one single thing till you till you made it sound really good. We would do that on this percussion instrument because it was an acoustic thing where you have to hit it to to make it actually sound really good, we would practice that for six hours just going, you know, just like that on the table, essentially, or on the drum, right. for six hours just trying to get the perfect sound. Pitch. Yep. 
And yeah, exactly. And so I think I learned commitment from there. But commitment is a huge part of the whole process. And anybody that ever wants to uh, go through a process of building a business or growing a business or systemizing, automatic, automating a business needs commitment in that process. Because there's, there's scary times when you feel like, oh, I'm trying to automate this, start, this part of my marketing. You know, and you're, you're investing energy, time, and money there to, to put yourself to learn the systems or have help or whatever. But you're always in the constant back of your mind thinking, well, what if that doesn't work? Or mm-hmm. what if you know, what I'm doing right now stops me from going to actually get business somewhere else because that time I could be used somewhere else, that money effort could be used somewhere else. But you need to have the faith and the commitment to think about your long-term objectives because automation now might lose you 20 hours if you want to put in the time, for example. But that 20 hours in the long term means that you've saved a huge more amount of time instead of you going to do work paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I love what you said there because commitment is so important and taking action as well because as long as something's in motion, you know, was it Gary Halbery said this? He used to say, you know, you don't have to get it right. You just have to get it going because once you get it going, you get feedback and you can adjust and, you know, improve. And with that feedback, you make it better and better and better. And people always, was it? People always underestimate what they can get. They overestimate what they can get done in three months, but they underestimate what they can accomplish in three years. And that's almost like what you're talking about. Like you just got going and rolling and started. And of course, once you've done something a couple of times, you get results way better, way faster because you've already done, you know, been there, done that before. But it doesn't matter. It's just really about getting momentum and, and getting headed in, in a direction. And hope is a bad – hope is not a strategy. Hope is the absence of a strategy. And so I love what you're saying. Just it's And even the, the other part that you just mentioned, uh, like mastery, true mastery. I, it's funny because I went out last night. A friend um, – local film festival where I am and a local, local filmmaker made some movies. Went out with some friends to go see it and we were talking about – um, just, you know, our craft and hobbies and passions. And some people are like, I wish I could make money doing something I love. And I'm like, why can't you do it? You know, I'm doing it. Why can't you do it? And we got into this big conversation about different things. And then one of the things that you mentioned, like how you learned playing your instrument, that you would, you would practice mundane things to an extreme extent because it was about mastery, right? It was about loving it. And that's a, there's a quote on mastery. It says, do it until it becomes dull and then do it until it becomes beautiful again. And I think that that's a really key thing that you just mentioned. It's commitment and dedication that you can't necessarily just be tied to the end goal, but who you will become, like who you have to become to achieve that goal. Because the goal, that's a Jim Rohn quote. You know, if you set a goal to become a millionaire, that's a great goal. You know, you can give the money away once you make it because of who you are. I mean, if they, they, it's, there's been all sorts of studies. If you took someone who's generated millions of dollars and you took away all their money and put them out on the street, they would be a millionaire again within five years because the habits, the mentality, the things that they've developed and grown into, that's what allows them to accomplish that. If I snap my fingers and I gave anyone listening to this call Arnold Schwarzenegger's body in his prime, how long would they be able to maintain it? You know, because they don't have the habits, they don't have the routines, they don't have the disciplines in place to maintain that. And it's a compound effect. It's day by day by day, you stack it on. And I have a personal philosophy. I work every single day. We're doing this interview on a Saturday. I don't take days off. I might not work all day, but every single day, you need to be taking action or trying to take action towards your goals because there's only two, I only, I believe there's only two phases in life, growth and death. 
nothing really remains stagnant. It's either decaying or it's growing. And so I think that that was a really key thing. And I just wanted to kind of expand on that a little bit for the listeners because, again, listening to this call is great, but don't let it just be some sort of feel-good where you feel good in your belly and then you go and sit in front of the TV for eight hours. Like, get off your ass, go do something, make something happen for your for yourself and your life and your family and leave a legacy behind you. Because, I mean, right now we're dropping – this is awesome information. There's no, there's no magic room, right? There's no secret. There's not – it's not going to be like, hey, you know, you're not going to contact him after the show and be like, be like, hey, now that you called me, I'll give you the real info. Like, you know, forget all that other stuff we told other people. This is the real knowledge. Like, no, you're you're spilling your guts. Like, you're just giving away the house here, aren't you? Well, I think the, mo- the most important thing is is that it doesn't have to be hard, but it's just smart working. Yeah. And and a lot of people say that, and and so I think it dilutes what it really means. But what it means is that. You sit down to figure out, well, what are the most important things that can produce the best results for me in the shortest time possible? Mm-hmm. And you do those things. Building a business doesn't have to be about, oh, I need to go get my business cards printed. I need to print my letterhead. I need to design a website. Really, it's not about that. What it's really about is figuring out exactly what you bring to the table, exactly who it's for, and figuring out a method to get it to them. If you can do those three things and you do them really, really well, you'll build the most successful business that you can and in the fastest time possible. The rest of the beautiful stuff that is on the inside and outside that like kind of rubs our ego, it, it will happen. It will just happen and fall into place. But you focus on the biggest assets, which is what am I really, really good at? Or what can I bring to the table? Who is it for and who wants that result? And how do I just get it to them? Yeah, so eloquently said. Very, very, very well. Very, very well said. Do you feel that there's ever anything holding you back between you and your success? Wow, that's a fantastic question. Uh, what's holding me back? Uh, t- you know what? There's a lot of projects that I, I'm, I'm involved in because uh, some of them are business-related. Some of them are philanthropy. Some of them are you know just giving my time to various different causes and projects. Uh, what really holds me back is finding the perfect team. And uh, I find them, I keep them, I, I take care of them really well, uh, but sometimes you got to keep growing. And when you grow and you want to add people on or, what's, or when someone's not doing what they're said they, should, they will be doing and it's been a while, you want to let them go, it's, it's a painful process. You know, it's not always easy. Yep. So I guess one of the blocks, if you like, is that. And then the second block, I would say, is constantly challenging myself to create a bigger vision or a bigger dream or a bigger thought process. And... I'm always reading books about, you know, vision planning and stuff like that because I want to keep working the the muscles in my head to essentially grow bigger. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading two books right now. I'm reading a lot of books, but two of them right now are, are along this line. One is called Quiet Power Strategy. It's a new book that's just come out. And the other one is called um, The 12-Week Year. And in that book, which it's been out for a while, I think now. But the twelve-week year is about structuring your your work in twelve weeks. That make you know squash your entire year worth of work into twelve weeks. But it begins with vision and growing a fantastic vision for why you want to do what it is that you want to do. So I'm always constantly doing that. I don't think it's a stumbling block as such, but I think that my my development is only limited to the growth of my vision. Mm, and so that. if I could if I could grow my vision further, uh, I would be in a different place you know, within a week. Right, right, right. I think you're right. I think that's when the, when the, when the, what is big enough, the how finds its way, 
You know, when you have a vision, when you have a goal that's that big, that's so big, you just find a way to attain it. You just make it happen. But it always starts with the vision and the goal. You don't worry about the details because there's no way, like, if people people listening to this, if they want the whole 10-step checklist before they get started, they want to know, like, how, like, almost like a, like a, it, it's not a safari. Like, there, there's no schedule. Like, you're not going to stop by the watering hole and take a photo of the rhino at noon. And, like, that's not how life or business unfolds. You pick a destination and you go there. There and you get hit in the face and kicked down and it's just it's it's about the journey though i mean honestly you know life is as as life is sacred life is special so why not live it you know and just and and to step out of the fear and just chase what you want and build the life and the business that you know that you're capable of because i think exactly like you said you know if if people they just get timid or they get afraid and then they get stuck in mediocrity and then they feel unsatisfied and that's because they're not on an adventure they're not trying to reach and attain their full potential and i think that that on in a lot of ways um, is poisoning for for the soul. I think it's you know I think that it's very fulfilling. I mean, you and I before before today before this call today when we spoke last time, both talked about our adventures in Africa and the things that we were doing to help other people, and that's such a fulfilling thing. Do you know what I mean? But we both went through a hell of a lot of challenges in accomplishing them, right? <laughs> so I think um, I think that's a really good point. I think you've dropped some. Some awesome information on this call today. Uh, Kavit, kind of what are you working on now? What are you excited about? What's kind of tickling your fancy these days? Well, I'm going to just jump into, before, before I answer that, if that's right, I'm just going to give you a little bit more about what you just said right now. And what you said was that, you know, you've got to tap into, um, I could talk loads about this. It just inspires me to, when, I even, <laughs> when I even share it. There's a lot of people that uh, need to unleash their, their inner self, if you like, to basically go out there and do what it is that they really want to do. And they don't do it. And I think part of the reason for that is because there's so much noise in the world. There's so much going on uh, that is driven by the news, by social media, by your friends, your family, your conditioning, your environment, etc., that you never have time to stop and think for yourself. And I think you owe it to yourself to say, well, what is it that I really, really want to do with my life? Mm-hmm. Or... I've, I've been successful right now to the point where I want to do what it is that I've wanted to do, but now it's time for a shift. And I guess most people who are wanting to start a business have done a lot of things in their life. Maybe they've become parents. Maybe they've had successful careers. Maybe they've already had their own business, but they want to make a shift where they can have more time, more money, freedom. So what is it that you really want to do? And you can only do, think about that when you actually pause, slow down and say, well, I'm going to stop listening to everything else that's going on. In, I'm going to stop listening to, to the world that can't stop talking, essentially, mm. and I'm going to listen to myself. And from, the, from there comes the greatest insights, because Susan Cain wrote a book called Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. And she said, everybody shines given the right lighting. Mm. I like that. Yeah. So now you're, the question to your answer, what am I working on? Well, you know, one of the, my, my most fascinating projects and what, I, what gets me up every day right now to keep me alive is coming up with fascinating methods and models for people to take what they're really good at to the world. And that's what my automated business system service does. And so I work every day just like you do because I'm really passionate about it to basically speak to people for whatever hours I want to work with uh, to get them to the point where their business ideas excite them so that they're launching their own lifestyle freedom businesses on the web that are hitting six to seven figures in the first couple of years. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm doing. And you can find all the information about all of that at www.insider.com 
InternetSuccess.com. Insider is I-N-S-I-D-E-R. InsiderInternetSuccess.com. That's awesome. Well, Kavit, thank you so much for your time and for another wonderful conversation. Um, you've got great energy. You've got a great mission. You've got a great heart. And um, I just appreciate that. I appreciate you coming here and you sharing. We gave a lot of info. There's a lot of how-to stuff in this. Again, guys, listen to this. Take notes. I hope you did. If not, and even if you did, you may want to listen to this interview again, um, just to really let the information sit and percolate. I mean, some of the stuff. I mean, some of the stuff we talked about today. I've I know people that have implemented this, and they've generated six and seven figures. So um, it's just not it's not overly complicated. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it does. You know, success success isn't a mystery. And Kavit did a wonderful job today, just laying out a formula for you there. And if you do need some handholding, if you want some help, if you'd like to get, reach out and contact him it's insider was it insider internet success yeah insider internet success.com.com kavit thank you so much my friend um yeah thank you for joining us and i hope to talk to you again soon well i I appreciate you having me here it was really good fun to do that today Hmm. you've reached the end of our interview now first let me thank you for listening i appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know and now i'd like to ask you a couple of questions First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. Uh, You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.